then escape from that situation. So Allah Ta'ala mentions this incident in this these ayat. The point that we had come to was that Yusuf realized that she is not prepared to understand and come to her senses. The only way from escaping the only way to escape from the situation is to flee from there. Outwardly not not possible because the doors because the doors were locked because the doors were locked and she was aware of it. She had seen it. She had seen it. He had seen it. But despite what the eye could see that the doors are locked and there's no route to escape, what was in his capacity his capacity to do to run from the point that he the point that he was standing up to that locked door that was in his capacity. What was in his ability he did. And when he got to that point, Allah Ta'ala then Allah then Allah then caused that door to miraculously open, that lock to break and that door to open. So he raced out in this manner so when he got to the first door, that lock broke, the door opened, the second door the same thing happened, the third door the same thing happened and she, and she is in pursuit of him. Yusuf is fleeing, he's running, he's running to flee away from sin and she is chasing behind running towards sin. They both are in a very similar motion. But he is in a different mode altogether, worlds apart. He is running to flee away from sin. She is running to chase after sin. So this sometimes is a lesson again that the action might be the same outwardly. But that outward action can differ very very vastly from one person to another. Outwardly one person is, mashallah, in a, a appearance of being very, being very dini conscious, being very pious, etc., pious, etc., pious, etc., and that, that appearance could be reflecting really what's the reality also that his appearance is actually being dictated by what is the condition of his heart. That the heart is connected to Allah Ta'ala and the zeal to be close to Allah Ta'ala is there. So therefore the person is adopting whatever Allah Ta'ala is going to be happy with. Allah Ta'ala is very pleased with the way of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So now he is trying to follow in the Sunnah of Nabi Sallallahu very closely. He is doing those a'mal that will be pleasing to Allah Ta'ala, that will take a person closer to Allah Ta'ala. So, that is the appearance, that is the actions, that is the motion in which the person is moving, and that is very much the reality of his inner self as well. That what is outside is reflecting what is inside. And another person could be doing the same thing, but his whole objective and his whole intention there is to impress somebody else and to gain some kind of worldly benefits out of this, to gain some worldly favors from somebody. So the action of both are very similar, 
perhaps sometimes the one who's got the wrong objective might seem to be even more ahead, ahead, ahead in this piety because of the way he's conducting himself outwardly. So the action is the same outwardly, but the reality, the reality are worlds apart. One person, one person, one person is performing, one person is performing, one person is performing salah and is performing salah with ikhlas. That salah with ikhlas takes him very, very close to Allah Ta'ala. The closest that a person gets to Allah Ta'ala is in sajda. And another person is performing the salah, but there's riya in it. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, Man sallah yura'i faqad ashraka billah. The one who's performed salah in a manner of riya, in a manner of trying to show off to somebody else, this person has committed shirk. Both are performing salah, both are making ruku, both are making sajda, both are reciting Quran Sharif, both are doing all the actions and all fulfilling all the postures of salah. One person is getting close to Allah Ta'ala, the other person's salah has been de- described as shirk. Now where is iman and where is getting close to Allah Ta'ala and where is shirk? Worlds apart, but outwardly the same. What lesson we need to reflect on here is that with the fuzzle of Allah Ta'ala, especially those of us who have been given some been given some been given some opportunity to be in the right environments, in the right company, being acquainted with deen to a point. So Alhamdulillah, this is Allah Ta'ala's very, very great na'mat. So as a result, sometimes we do progress in some way in terms of our appearance, our outer selves. The tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala, this is only His grace, His mercy, even that external self being in accordance to the sunnah is very important. It's not that the person says, well, my inner side is not in order yet, so I will not then adopt this external appearance of sunnah, because then it will be a deception. That is also shaitan's deception to think like that. That is shaitan's deception to think like that. That if one thing is wrong, so then do the other thing wrong as well. The correct thinking is that one thing is right, so put the other thing right as well. Not that if one thing is wrong, so must spoil the other thing as well. That is shaitan's deception and waswasa, and that's very lopsided thinking. If a person, for example, Allah forbid, was not performing his salah regularly sometimes some people haven't performed the salah maybe for months didn't see the inside of a masjid and didn't perform any salah also months went by and now suddenly the month of Ramadan came so now somebody says to him for six months you didn't make any salah what's the point in you fasting don't fast also that's a very very corrupt way of thinking he didn't perform salah he has to make toba from that he has to make qaza of that but if he himself is saying, I'm going to fast, Alhamdulillah, at least he's completing the fast, now to help him to complete the salah as well. Salah as well. So the external appearance is also extremely important. This too is part of deen. It's not something outside deen. And it's a requirement of deen. But, sometimes what happens is, that we, Alhamdulillah, with the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala, adopt the external appearance of sunnah, we adopt the appearance of piety, we adopt the appearance of being a person who is conscious of Allah Ta'ala, we ourselves get deceived sometimes that we are accordingly what we are appearing to be, we are inside 
as well, the same. Whereas if we reflect a little deeper down, we might find a very different situation. We reflect on our actions in privacy, we reflect on what's the condition of our heart, we reflect on our intentions, we reflect on our inner aspirations, we reflect on how we conduct ourselves when we are away from the sight of people, then we might find a different situation. So now that doesn't mean that a person should change his outside, that is a point of reflection. That if I appear to be like this, how much more important it is that now my inner side should be like this. In the Hadith Sharif, the dua of Nabi Wasallam is mentioned, Allahumma al sirri khayram min alaniyati, wajal alaniyati saliha. Allah make my inner self better than my outer self and make my outer self also correct. Outer self also must be in accordance to what Allah Ta'ala is pleased with, not what my desires are. But the inner self must be even better than the outer self. So this is just from this point here that both were in a similar action, but the actions were worlds apart. One person is running away from sin and the other one is trying to run towards sin. So in any case, this came to the point where now they finally reached the seventh door. When they got to the seventh door, so Zulekha now thought that he is now going to escape from my clutches and in order to try and prevent this, this from behind she grabbed on his kurta. So when she grabbed on this, now this is the extent to which when this uh, taps of nafs and shaitan overcome a person and a person becomes caught up in this it sometimes reaches a point of insanity person loses all senses loses all loses all loses all understanding loses all thinking does not manage to think in any way that what am I up to, where am I heading, what's going to be the consequences of consequences of this, how it's going to destroy my deen, how it's going to destroy my dunya also. For some person the consciousness and the concern that how it will destroy my deen, that will be more than a jolt, that I can never afford this and to get distant from Allah Ta'ala. If somebody's that imani level is not right there and that level of taqwa is not there, at least the thought of how it will put my dunya upside down should become then a barrier. Because that is in front of the person's eyes. The reality of deen is obviously above everything. And that's the most important thing. What can dunya compare to deen? Dunya is not even a speck of dust compared to deen. But if the person's taqwa is not of that point where that at least that should have stopped him, that this is going to destroy my deen, then the least but was at least think rationally, that how this is going to turn the whole dunya upside down. But this is the fire of sin. That when a person allows this fire to engulf him. And it doesn't engulf in a moment. It starts off that the person opened the door to a spark. So he allowed that spark to come in. And then not just that that spark came in. Allah Ta'ala's grace and mercy is that when a person makes a mistake somewhere... Allah Ta'ala allows the person to spite and allows the person to come to his senses. Everything doesn't happen in the instant that the moment he did something wrong 
at that same instant the, the furthest level of consequences happened so he was given that respite number one he allowed that spark to come in and then he allows it to keep getting fanned as well, getting fanned as well. so now he went onto some site he went onto some social media platform and then he started adding some contacts and then he started giving nasihat to females only and feeling very happy about himself that I'm making dini khidmat I'm inviting people towards deen so now he opened the door to the mischief of shaitan and then in the deception of his allowed it to carry on getting fanned then if somebody advises him to he appeases himself in some way that no what I'm doing is fine so now it started off with a spark then that spark got fanned that fanning made it into a flame then that flame gradually started growing now when it engulfs the person then the mind is completely overtaken by those shahawat by those haram feelings by those passions, by that illicit uh, thoughts that have crept into the mind and have engulfed the mind the mind stops thinking this is one of the most dangerous effects of sin the most dangerous effects of sin that the mind stops thinking and this is very easy to understand that really really it stops thinking because as just discussed one is that a person the thought of his deen getting harmed should be sufficient to keep him away from that sun. But if that was not there, then he should have been thinking rationally. He should have been thinking rationally that this is going to be such a disaster, is going to cause such a problem, and not that he has not witnessed something like this happening elsewhere, or had not heard about it happening elsewhere that every now and again unfortunately and tragically this kind of thing would be heard somewhere that somebody now this is what happened somebody's marriage broke down somebody's business collapsed why because of getting caught up in some haram so every other time every now and again something yeah. and again something yeah. and again something like this was heard as well heard as well so now that rational thinking should have at least become a means of a barrier akal akal in arabic the word akal the underlying meaning in akal is something that restrains akal is called akal because it restrains now when that akal also doesn't restrain it doesn't it stops being an akal now the person can see all the consequences he can understand and think so many times he's heard about it or seen something happen but his mind is still not stopping him which means that it has stopped thinking this is the effect of sin that the mind stops thinking can't think straight not stops thinking in the sense they can't think anything but that mind is only a mind if it thinks straight an insane person also thinks but he can't think straight at all he thinks everything upside down and what is a straightforward thing he thinks about it in a very very different way as a result of which he becomes a very problematic situation so it's not that the mind cannot think at all, but it cannot think straight, cannot think correctly. And, and that in, inability now to think correct, now to think correctly, is as a result of sin. Taqwa, taqwa is a nur. This nur, it enlightens the heart, it enlightens the thinking of a person as well. When a person is with taqwa, 
he can make correct decisions. And when a person starts getting away from taqwa, he's getting away from light into darkness. Allahu waliyu alladheena amanu yukhrijuhum min al-dhulumati ila nur That those who are trying to become the friends of Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala keeps removing them out of the darknesses and bringing them, and bringing them towards light. And وَالَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا أَوْلِيَاؤُهُمُ الطَّاغُوتُ يُخْرِيُونَهُمْ مِنَ النُّورِ إِلَى الظُّلُمَاتِ And the friends of shaitan, the disbelievers, and Allah forbid those who then follow in those footsteps of sin and vice, then shaitan takes them out from nur into darkness. So now from the nur of iman, and if Allah Ta'ala protect us, that the nur of iman when then everything is lost. And if the person... Fortunately, his iman didn't go, but he came out of amal, came out of righteousness, came out of taqwa, came out of the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. So now he's tied another way. So he's coming out from nur and going into darkness. And in darkness, a person cannot see. Physical darkness, a person's basar, his gaze, his basar cannot see. In spiritual darkness, his basirat can't see. His inner sight cannot see. Now when his inner sight cannot see, he cannot make correct decisions. He makes decisions that he then regrets the next moment, regrets the next day. So the lesson here is to be reflecting upon our condition and making an effort to correct our inner selves as well, developing the taqwa, developing the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. And that is the only way that a person can progress in deen and in dunya as well. That he becomes conscious of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. So in any case now this and, and the very important point here was that to stay far away from these sparks as well. Because when these sparks start being invited in and then they become flames, Allah forbid they come to a point where they engulf the person's mind. Can't think now. And then he starts acting in a state of insanity. So this is what happened here, that she was so overcome with this uh, sin that had now engulfed her mind and heart, this fire of sin, that now in order to prevent Yusuf from escaping from her clutches, she grabbed onto that, onto his kurta to hold him back. In that moment, that seventh door also, the lock broke and it opened, and now she grabbed onto that kurta and he rushed out as a result of which it tore and as he stepped out and she was right behind the next thing is that the Aziz and Misr her husband is standing right out there so Allah Ta'ala describes this in the Quran Sharif so now right on the spot that now both appeared outdoors, this person is standing there and he sees this Ajib senior. Now in that instant, Yusuf didn't yet say anything, in that instant she immediately turned the whole thing around onto him. In the Quran, now she immediately says, قَالَتْ مَا جَزَاءُ مَنْ أَرَادَ بِأَهْلِكَ سُوءًا إِلَّا أَوْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ That what should be the punishment of the one who has intended evil with your wife, except that he should be imprisoned or be given a very painful punishment. Now she was the aggressor here, she was the one that was 
causing the problem, she was the one who was trying to commit the sin, and Yusuf <coughs> was the innocent victim of this situation, and in that one instance she just turned it around. Now this is what the Quran Sharif in another place says, there are two uh, schemes that are described in the Quran Sharif. One is the scheming and the plotting and planning of shaitan. Regarding the schemes and the plots and plans of shaitan, Allah Ta'ala describes in the Quran Sharif, Inna kayda shaitani kana da'ifa That the schemes of shaitan are weak. As big as it can be sometimes for a person, but comparatively, 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 the Quran Sharif says this is weak, weak schemes and plans. And on the other side, the Quran Sharif describes the scheming of a woman. Allah Ta'ala says in Surah Yusuf, Inna kayda kunna ahna azim. Your schemings, your plans, your shrewd ways of trying to do things, this, your schemes are very, very major, very severe. The kayd and the, this is now in the few ayat later, Inna kayda kunna azim. One is the schemes of shaitan, the Quran Sharif describes as minor, comparatively minor, comparatively weak. And the schemes of women, major, serious, severe. Now these are not just some things in passing, these are very big lessons being given to us. It's not just some comment in passing, like sometimes we make some passing comments and just carry on with life. No, no, the Qur'an Sharif is speaking here, it's not somebody's passing comment. These are the words of Allah Ta'ala. So this is not just some passing comment. This is meant for a person to really take full note of. And like a person hears of something of extreme danger, then he is very, very alert and very far away. So what it means here is, if a woman comes down to starting to scheme and plot and plan, then that is something very, very major, very severe. They were, these are just things to be stated as, to be, to be discussed just for purely, purely for Ibrad. It's not something to get deeper into it. Obviously, these incidents are known to anybody of who is, whose incident this might be. But they have been not one, several times this kind of situations where somebody got caught up in some haram relationship and then he now came to his senses somewhere down the line got into some good company somewhere got in or heard some talk of deen somewhere and something now brought some spark of that light again in his heart that iman me light got stirred again so he realized that this is a very serious matter that I am involved in I can't remain in this so now he decided to make toba and come out of all this sin and vice. So now when he decided to come out of the sin and vice, now he had to obviously now break off that relationship. So now when he made it known that I am breaking out of this relationship, so now he was being blackmailed, that you dare break this relationship off, I will publicize it. I am doesn't matter if I fall in publicizing it, but you'll fall with. If I will get chopped up in the public opinion, you also will follow the same. 
Now the person is, as they say, between the devil and the deep sea. On the one side, he doesn't want to be in this haram. And the other side, how does he protect his Israel now? And it might seem like these things are sometimes said as idle threats, or just threats to try and get, uh, keep that haram carrying on. But these things eventually unfolded exactly as was threatened. Whatever harm it did to whoever after that. Meaning that person remained, mashallah, firm. Well, that was the right thing to do, obviously. Because that is also shaitan's very severe trap that shaitan uses that woman for. That you, that you stay stuck in this haram to protect the izzat. So now, to, pro- now, to protect the izzat, how long? The disgrace of dunya is also a very major thing. Allah Ta'ala protect us from it. But that is a mere speck compared to the disgrace of akhirat. Now the person thinking that this will protect him from the disgrace of dunya, rather it doesn't even protect from the disgrace of dunya, it only gets a person in a worse situation and it will explode when it is even worse. So for now it seems like he's saving himself, but he's not saving himself. It's like the person who thinks that now this uh, wound is now festering, but I'm not going to show it to anybody now because it's still covered, but it's, it's festering. But then how long he's going to be able to cover it up? Soon it will explode. So this is just festering only. So eventually now when that person remained firm, he said, come what may, I'm not going to get back into this haram. So what was threatened was done. Now that person's family started getting calls, others in the extended family started getting calls, and they started getting evidence, and they started, now it obviously nothing, thereafter nothing unfolded, that, that, that whatever broke off, broke off even more. But the point is, this is the ibrat to take. That this is where shaitan leads. Shaitan puts that in the heart of the opposite side. You do it like this. Because in this way shaitan will drop both even further. And that's shaitan's plan from day one, how to destroy all the parties. So, this is, is the way that, now in that one moment, she suddenly turned everything around against him, that this is what he was up to. Yusuf wasalam then immediately clarified his position. That this is her scheming and plotting. I am totally innocent of anything here. Now this Aziz and Mr. is standing there, totally bewildered. On the one side is his wife, who he has never found to be disloyal at any previous time. On the other side is Yusuf who all this time that has been living with him, he has proven his trustworthiness, his honesty, his uprightness. He has never had the slightest doubt about him in any way. How does he go about now unraveling what the situation is here? Now when a person who is connected to Allah Ta'ala and a person whose consciousness of Allah Ta'ala is there, he is living with taqwa. The person who truly lives with taqwa, Allah Ta'ala then opens the way out for him. Allah Ta'ala provides the solution. Now sometimes the solution is beyond human uh, effort. Humanly you cannot now provide that way out. It's beyond human. Now this kind of situation, how does he prove his innocence? On what basis he's going to now, what, what evidence he's going to produce that I'm the innocent party here? Human, humanly this was not possible. 
when this comes to that, when this comes to that point where something is humanly not possible, but the person was with taqwa. So human is human. We are bound by our limitations, but Allah Taala's kudrat is not bound by anything. So when the person comes to the edge, because he's being firm on taqwa, sometimes that brings him to the edge. But when it comes to the edge, that is when the divine help comes. Because he remained firm till that last point, he didn't waver. And then Allah Ta'ala will make it happen miraculously. Because now human endeavor is over here. There's no space for human endeavor now. But he is staying firm on taqwa. This is the point now when then Allah Ta'ala's special help comes. And miraculously Allah Ta'ala will open the way out for him. Here the miracle Allah Ta'ala made apparent for Yusuf wasalam, was that a little child, a little child, a baby who doesn't speak at that age, that child was in that room which nobody took notice about that this sleeping child now, who's going to bother about this child? But that child spoke. Now what is if he spoke and said Yusuf is innocent? To start off with that was miraculous, the child spoke. But now this too could still be something, be something doubtful, still be something doubtful that uh, this is just by chance something came up from the child's mouth or what? Allah Ta'ala made the child speak and made it speak in a decisive manner. But don't worry about what I'm saying. What I'm saying is also a miracle that I'm speaking. But what I'm saying, ponder over that. In kana qamisuhu qudda min duburin fasadaqat wa huwa min qubulin fasadaqat wa huwa min al-kadibin. That if his shirt is torn from front, from the front, then she is speaking the truth, he is lying. But if his, he was running away, she was trying to stop him, then she is lying. He is speaking the truth. Now that evidence was clear cut. That shirt was torn from the back, the kurta was torn from the back. Now this was that miraculous way in which Allah Ta'ala protected the izzat of Yusuf and made the situation very clear cut that what is the position here. When the person stays firm on taqwa, firm on the obedience of Allah Ta'ala, various halat come sometimes. Allah Ta'ala protects us from all the tests and trials. Allah Ta'ala grant us afiyat. Sometimes in a situation where a person is being invited towards a haram, sometimes in a financial situation, sometimes in some other matter, it might be an akhlaqi matter, sometimes it must be something to do in a muasharat and social life, something on a family level, sometimes it might be in terms of a person's day-to-day uh, -day life, some issues, but the person stays his firm on taqwa, these are the tests of life, comes of life come sometimes. But he stays firm, sometimes he might come to the edge, but he stays firm. But when he stays firm till that point, that divine help will come. Allah Ta'ala will inshallah open out the way for him and وَمَنْ يَتَّقِ اللَّهِ عَلَّهُ مَخْرَجًا وَيَرْزُقْهُ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَحْتَسِبُ Allah Ta'ala will grant him sustenance and sources that he cannot even imagine. Allah Ta'ala give us perfect.